chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Actually going to be our last lesson tonight in the life of Samson. Thanks, man. And so we've kind of walked through the life of Samson as recorded uh, for us in the book of Judges. We've looked at the four parts of, of his story from uh, Judges 13 to 16. We've, um, we've seen the way that the Lord used Samson as a judge in Israel. Um, you know, God, how God used him despite his, his sin and his failings, and he was a deliverer of the people of Israel from the Philistines. And so tonight, what we want to look at is the, the Christian context for the story of Samson. So what do we learn and what can we take away from this story? As, a, as, as New Testament believers, what can we take away from this Old Testament story? Um, a couple of verses here. We know that Paul wrote in Romans 15. He said, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So written for our instruction. There's something from the, the, the story of Samson here recorded in Judges that is for our instruction. Uh, in another place, Paul also writes uh, regarding these different stories of the Old Testament. He says, now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. And so, um, again, story of Samson, we're going to gain both instruction and example from his life. Um, and it's interesting, we do find Samson named and listed among a, a list of Old Testament saints in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. This is commonly known as the faith chapter or the hall of faith. Um, and it begins in verse number one with a definition of the term faith. It says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. So it's the trust in the fact that God does and will do what he has said that he will do. It's, it's a trust in him. Um, here in our study, Dr. Dr. Godfrey did note the, the occurrence here in, in verse number 1 of chapter 11 regarding faith. There's, there's this theme of sight that comes back, things not seen. And um, you know, it's just interesting how we, we saw that come up so often in the book of Judges when um, we're told several times that everyone did what was right in his own eyes and how Samson struggled with, with his eyes and his sight. Uh, got him in a lot of trouble, especially with regard to uh, the women that he, he saw and uh, ultimately, his eyes were taken from him, right, when he was captured and taken prisoner. And here, faith is the assurance of things that are unseen with our physical eyes. If we go down in chapter 11 to verses uh, 13 and 14, it says this, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from 
afar. And having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. So they, they did not literally see the things that they've been promised, but, but they did see the promises of God through, um, you know, through the law, through the prophets. So they understood some of the things of, of these promises for, from the Old Testament, but, but they didn't understand as clearly as we do today, being on this side of the cross in, in salvation history and, and having now both Old and New Testaments. But they knew something of this promise. We continue on in this chapter down to verse 24. And we see the example of Moses here. It says, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. And then in verse 27, By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Again, this concept of, of sight and seeing the invisible. We look at verse um, 25. Here it, it says um, about rather to being mistreated people of God then enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And when we think about the life of Samson that we've looked at over these past few weeks, we think, you know, that doesn't sound like him. Uh, you know, just about the, the, the whole story of Samson seems to be Samson enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin in different ways. And yet, his name is recorded for us here in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. So please look with me now. We're going to go to verses 32 to 34. It says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. So here we see Samson's name mentioned. And it's interesting, the phrase here in verse 34, that these were made strong out of weakness. This is something we see in the life of, of Samson. At the end of his life, he is was taken prisoner, made to work at the mill like, like an animal. He had his eyes gouged out, paraded around in front of the Philistines for their entertainment. And then he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord supplied the strength, and he defeated the enemy. Paul also talks quite a bit about this concept in the Christian life. As well, he writes in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, 
so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we are weak and through our weakness, we show God's power. Right? God gets the glory for it. It's important to remember this in our, in our own lives individually. When we are weak, strong because of Christ in us. Um, I don't know if this is a, a direct parallel and a direct um, example of this, but I'll share one with the, the first one that, that came to mind. Um, for me, one area where this has hit me very clearly recently about you know my strength and my power and my ability in in my life has been um, with Stacy and and the baby. Um, you know, as as the man and the husband and the father of the family, um, when there's a problem, I solve the problem. Right? I do what has to be done to solve the problem. That's what I do. Whatever, you know, cost or, or sacrifice might be, right? If it's, if it's losing sleep, if, if it's going without something, if it's working through the night, if, it, if it's punching somebody square in the mouth, right? It doesn't matter. What, I do what I have to do, right, to solve the problem. Um, but as we've, we've experienced this thing with the, the pregnancy and with the health of Stacy and the baby, there's nothing I can do, right? There, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't have that in my power to, to make sure everything goes perfectly, right? I, I don't have control of that. I have no strength over those things. Um, so this, this feeling of weak, weakness and helplessness in many ways. But what does that do? It drives me back to the Lord, right? It, it drives me back to prayer, to knowing that, that I've got to trust and I've got to rely on Him. And showing that the strength and the power are His and that they come from Him. Um, again, that's just one example of, of how this kind of plays out in our lives. Um, Dr. Godfrey also mentions uh, that we, we have to learn this nationally as a nation right for many years um, he kind of talks about how for many years America especially you know in our context in the rural south you know at least culturally it's been a core and kind of a foundation of Judeo-Christian ethics you know for a very long time and um, in our country Christianity it's been a context where Christianity has been free it's thrived for for years um, but then in the last seems like the last five or ten years or so it, uh, it's really started to change um, and, and things are becoming very different um, and so then the question is as as Christianity is no longer the, the mainstream thing. As, as secular stuff starts to, to take over, then how will we respond? 
If, we, if you look at, at Christianity as losing more and more strength and influence in the culture, how will we respond? And, um, we've got to remember that as believers, um, you know, in, our weak, in our weakness, Christ is shown to be strong. So we continue to verse 38 uh, of Hebrews 11. And we read that these um, Old Testament saints that have been listed here are those of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering around in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And again, we think back to the story of Samson and we think it's more like Samson wasn't worthy of the Lord. Right, and, and of the calling that he had been given. That, that's kind of what we think. And yet here in Hebrews 11, we're told how we're to think about Samson. He's, he's one who, according to verse 13, died in the faith. We can go back and we can look at verse 33. You see that um, Samson was one who conquered kingdoms by crushing the Philistines, right, in this last act of his life. He enforced justice, again, through killing the enemy. He obtained promises. The, the Lord said that he would be a judge and he would be a deliverer in Israel, and he was. He stopped the mouth of, of at least one lion, right, that, that's recorded for us. In verse 34, Samson became mighty in war. Any guy that kills a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey, that's a pretty bad man. Um, he put the foreign army to, to flight, the Philistines. Verse 36, he, at the end of his life, we read how he suffered mocking and chains and imprisonment. Verse 39 tells us that, that Samson was commended through his faith, yet did not receive what was promised. And we, we mentioned that a little earlier. We talked about how, you know, what, what was the promise? What was, what they were waiting on to, to see? And it, it's Christ. Jesus Christ. The Samson didn't, did not get to see or to know Jesus Christ in, in the same way that we do, again, on this side of the cross. We've got the Old Testament. We've got the New Testament. We have the, the truth of the entire word that we can study and read and know. And we can see this complete picture of salvation history in a way that Samson didn't. And yet, we read here, he believed based on what was revealed to him. And he died in the faith. And so, as we've gone through, we've looked at this study of of Samson and his life, the, the four parts of it all the way from the promise to his parents and the angel of the Lord coming to them, um, you know, down to him um, in this last act of bringing down the roof on the Philistines and himself. And we see these, these little lessons that we learn in the life of Samson. We've been instructed. Um, we've seen his life to be an example, right? an example of what to do and also an example of what not to do. And um, so my 
hope and my prayer is that, that through this the Lord has um, taught us, has revealed to us um, truth, and um, it's been a, been a good study. So thank you all for your, um, for your patience and for your attention as, as we've gone through this. So Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you tonight again for your word. Father, we do pray that as we go forth from this place that we will meditate on um, Lord, the life of Samson and, and what it says here in Hebrews. Father, that we will go and we will live in obedience to your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name.